Me and my guys, we really lie. Lord, forgive me, pay my ties. Please don't have me reach inside. And that's in a console. Keep the semi when I ride. Let off Henny when I drive. In the city, we gon' slide. Bet I be there pronto. Alright, we in here, man. This is the chop up. Hashtag debate me. We had to get it in. The time has come. Toya is stepping in the ring. She's here to get it in. Debating the homie Vance. You know what I'm saying? Chop Nation. Chat Rotter. You feel me? Nothing. And we here to have this conversation about vaccines. And now, uh, y'all know who Toya is. I mean, y'all see her often. I know how fantabulous she is. I know how well she speaks. Sure. But Vance, man, go ahead and introduce yourself to the people. Let them know, you know what I'm saying, who you are, what you represent, and what you came here to do. Um, well, I'm Vance the second. Um, I love black people, and I'm here to have this conversation with the big homies because I love black people. So all, all the work and all the discussion that we're here for, you know, it's for them, it's for the people. So, you know, right or wrong, you know, it's about them. That's what we're here to do. All right, we're here to get it in for the people. I appreciate you, you know what I'm saying, joining us. Appreciate all that you do to support, you know what I'm saying, the chop up. But it's time to get that smoke. Now, here at the chop up, we do have our own debate format. Uh, Vance, I did send it to you mm -hmm. uh, in the, um, was you able, you got a chance to look at the format? Yeah, six minutes. I'm like, man, can I talk? <laughs> oh. oh, trust me, you're you going to be good. You can do you it with the time. You know, you just can't go over six, but wherever you feel like you laid it out, if you're good or whatever, you can call time wherever it is. Wherever it is. Uh, but, you know, you do what you're Yeah, it's, it's about – so the way that we got, we got it set up is both debaters will uh, start this thing out with, uh, what, the two six-minute speeches. Right, getting it in, laying out their argument. After those six minute speeches, then it's a three minute, and we ethereal beauty. Stop playing, girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but y'all, y'all wallet, y'all wallet. But uh, after after those uh, after those opening speeches, it's a three minute rebuttal question or, or excuse me, question and answer portion where they'll get to ask questions so they can understand each other's argument better. After that. What is the four minute uh rebuttal? Yes. Right? Right? Yes. Yeah. Uh the four minute rebuttal, both debaters lay down four minutes of responding to the opponent's argument, and then another three minute question and answer portion where they can spar, get it in a little bit more before they end it with a three minute uh closing, right? For each debater. So that being said, Lance. I'm calling you Lance. I got a homie named Lance, bro. My fault. Vance. Vance. All my life. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's like, I, you know what? It's like it's like niggas calling me Dominic. Like, nah, bro. My name is Dominique. Like, you ain't got no C at the end of my shit. It don't work like that. Uh, but Vance is the visitor. You know what I mean? So, of course, visitors' rights. Vance will be laying down his argument, letting the people know, you know what I'm saying, where he stands with this whole thing. And then Toya back, though. And then lay down her argument before we get into that question and answer portion. I will be keeping the time on my phone because I'm ghetto like that. You know, Toya had real timers and shit. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'll be keeping time on my phone just 
<laughs> so, uh, you know, Toya, just in case Toya starts to look like lose her scruples, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but, oh, uh, 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 how we doing the prep time, Toya? Uh, oh, five minutes a piece, five minutes a piece. We can run it formally. You can just talk through some things. Kind of, I'm open, whatever you want to do. Right, right. Okay, so yeah, so we'll give we'll give a, a like a like a minute or so, um, or a little bit of time, a little bit more than that. But yeah, you know I mean, we'll we'll keep track of of uh, a decent amount. I guess we say we both we'll do five, like five. Yeah, I was about to say five minutes throughout the course of the debate. Period. Uh, so with that being said, we can go ahead and get into this first speech. The boy Vance. <laughs> All right, all right. Black people. Time starts now, brother. Okay, so I feel like the uh, the primary question at hand, uh, for the most part, is you know making an informed decision about getting these vaccines going forward. In order to make informed decisions, we have to know um, exactly how these vaccines work and what kind of effects that they're having on us, specifically as a people. And I've found that in a lot of the information that is available to people, whether that's through, you know, the media outlets through social media or hearsay, that a lot of the information as it pertains is to the original COVID-19 strain, which we know largely isn't around anymore. Most of the infections, 90%, I think is the number due to the, the Delta variant. But let's really get into this real quick. So I'm going to, because I want to clear up some scientific misconceptions. I want to highlight some observations from some, some experts. And, and we also need to deal with demystifying like the word conspiracy theory, because that, that's problematic for us as Black people. Um, my first, you know, um, stab at this is that the science just ain't science. So um, we all want to hang our hat on, on the science. Um, but, you know, we often lean on hearsay or hysteria that comes from the media. Um, but the most important question that we're not asking is, does the science actually support people getting the, and this is important, the COVID-19 vaccine, very important, for the Delta variant, because the vaccine was designed for the original strain. Um, we often hear about effectiveness. Um, and efficacy and percentage numbers, but it's devoid of context. First and foremost, we understand that the COVID-19 vaccine wasn't designed for the variant. We also have to understand what it was actually being observed during those trials when we're looking at all these this new information that's coming out now. None of the trials for the COVID-19 vaccine were designed to detect a reduction in any serious outcome, such as hospital admissions, um, use of intensive care or deaths, nor were the vaccines being studied to determine whether they can interrupt the transmission of the virus, which was the main pushing point of why people should get vaccinated. In fact, hospitalization and death have been the, those main pushing points advocating it now, but the data that's been published by the CDC reports that the overall hospitalization ratio is 3.4% overall. And the fatality rate, depending on what your age group is, is even lower than that. Um, with, we have numbers coming down from symptomatic case fatality ratio 
from 0.002% for people from ages 0 to 49, 0.001% for people ages 50 to 64, and 0.006% from people ages 65 and up. So where, where exactly um, is all of this mayhem and death and, and destruction that's supposedly coming from people being unvaccinated? We see a large portion of the narrative being pushed towards people being unvaccinated as a reason why uh, the epidemic is persisting and, and all of this, or epidemic, the pandemic is uh, persisting and all of that. But we also see more and more information that comes out that seems to disprove that. Uh, the Atlantic shared a study recently um, that's a joint op between um, Harvard Medical School, Tufts Medical Center, and the Veterans Affairs Center, which determined that 40 to 45% of the hospitalizations for COVID um, uh, were reported because people were receiving treatment for other ailments. Between mid-January through the end of June this year, roughly 48% of all hospitalizations showing up on COVID data dashboards accounted for patients with milder asymptomatic disease initially. Since the release of the vaccine, the increase was bigger for vaccinated patients being hospitalized at 57%, while unvaccinated patients accounted for 45% of hospitalizations, while also showing up with less severe symptoms on average um, than uh, earlier in the pandemic. Um, there's also uh, the account that there's a lot of experts, there's many doctors and nurses, um, I think I had mentioned this before, um, who have come out and talked about the other experiments, which showed that in getting the vaccine, you're making yourself more susceptible to getting more seriously ill because the antibodies that are produced while they recognize both the original strain and the, the Delta strain, they create an antibody that actually increases the infection rate for the Delta strain if you carry the, the original vaccine uh, presently. So for black people specifically, who make up the majority, black and brown people, let's put that out there too, because we've crossed over that, that, uh, that demographic, who make most of the essential workers up and are around people who have been vaccinated or unvaccinated large majority of the time, we stand more, uh, more chance of suffering from more serious illness by getting the vaccine, which isn't designed for the Delta variant, um, let alone you know the side effects that even come along with the vaccine as well um, that have been popping up, including um, serious heart conditions like uh, myocarditis and pericarditis and so on and so forth, other severe uh, allergic reactions. So um, you know, for us, what we're being told doesn't quite line up with, with the numbers that we, we've been given. Um, but yeah, that's my, my opening. My opening <laughs> See, and look, and you ain't thought you was gonna be uh be able to get through six minutes. That six minutes fly by. Huh? Yeah, well, it, it goes fast. It goes fast. <laughs> yeah. Trying to cover every little thing, and you know, yeah, it's different. Nah, you did your uh, you did your thing. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. Now, tell you, are you ready? Mm. Man, just brought some heat. See what you got. Let me put this timer up. And uh, you can go ahead and start your time now.
All right. Uh, today's conversation is about whether or not black people should get the vaccine. Uh, I want to shape this conversation from my perspective or frame the discussion, if you will, um, with an endorsement of what I like to call or phrase I've been introduced to called healthy skepticism, right? A healthy skepticism, right? The ability and the uh, aptitude even to be skeptical about the ways that we navigate this world as black people, specifically institutions like the medical industrial complex and more specifically civil society. Understanding that anti-blackness is a very real phenomenon that we are confronted with when we are on a stage or a world stage alongside other people who are not black. There are questions we have to answer or ask, not only about us in the context of blackness, but also as we juxtapose the larger frame and the larger conversation of what's happening. So when we think about this concept of healthy skepticism, uh, the key word there is not skepticism. I've talked about that. But the key word that I want to function and kind of use is the term healthy. Right. And the status quo um, and the perception or this idea that black people should not get this particular vaccine is not a healthy skepticism in a lot of meaningful ways, largely because it undermines black doctors and black research that have contributed and justified this conversation and the advocacy work that black people who are objectively a part of these conversations in localized communities, not the federal government, not the people who have something to gain or benefit from these conversations in a more fiscal or monetary way, but people who clock in every single day with care and compassion about Black people specifically, largely because of the ways that we are blocked out and locked out of uh, medical conversations. Uh, additionally, it undermines the attempts to correct the medical malpractice uh, by uh, specifically toward Black people that exist and that we have a long history of. A lot of my opponent's arguments are grounded and rooted with the skepticism because of the numbers, the ways that they've been affected, the ways that certain statistics have been left out of the conversation, but that is not new. And so you're hearing me use a phrase a lot today, uh, the phrase non-unique, because a lot of the issues that are going to be talked about and being exposed are not unique to what is happening in this particular instance and actually distract us from having a solution toward an issue that affects Black people prolifically. Um, I also think that we are undermining the status quo's predispositions to exclude and lock Black people out of conversations about health, to not account for them, right? To misinterpret what history and how history has led us here. And a lot of times we forget that we are not a part of these conversations because realistically, because there's a justification, right? We should be skeptical, but we go overboard with our skepticism in ways that put us in vulnerable positions to be locked out so that they don't have data, they don't have statistics, they don't have the information necessary to make solid uh, assumptions about what they're saying will work for us. But they do have enough data based on scientific standards to make statements and judgments about what could be effective. And those are things that we should have uh, some type of faith in, largely because of the history of medications in our communities before. Now, it's imperfect. There's a level of healthy skepticism, but it cannot overcrowd or crowd out reasonability and logic. I also think people fundamentally do not understand or care to understand the truth or reality about how vaccines, how mutations, how herd immunity and how inoculation works. This is a willful ignorance that a lot of people buy into when they ignore the fact that, yes, there are going to be statistical information and data. So my opponent has relied on a lot of statistics. Right. We've been overly inundated with statistics without specific arguments that help us understand specifically why black people as a whole, as a monolith, which we are not. But as a group of people whom we all share compassion about, should not do something that could potentially save their lives. And that's because I feel like we undermine the basic scientific conversations that we've been having in our schools and classrooms since the beginning of time, and also the evolution of those as this pandemic has run rampant. So ultimately, 
uh, with healthy skepticism, with understanding the realities and the uh, delicacy by which we're having these conversations, I have three major reasons why Black people should get vaccinated. First of all, to decrease the likelihood of Black death. Right in a world where we are already predisposed to be directly impacted by uh, 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 certain illnesses, issues, upper respiratory, cardiovascular, a, a litany of things that already affect our ability to do things like breathe. Right, we all got an uncle or a cousin or somebody that breathes a little bit too hard because throughout their lives they have been predisposed through structural violence to not have healthy diets, to not have access to healthy food, to not adapt a workout regimen as a top part of their real lives for a bunch of reasons. But they are already predisposed to the types of issues that COVID only exacerbates and makes worse, right? So we need to decrease the likelihood of black death, which data does suggest COVID, you know, uh, uh, results in that. And that's something we should be concerned about. Secondly, we need to stop the mutation. A huge part of the reason why we got to Delta in the first place is because there was a lack of response, a lack of care, a lack of attention um, and value to the science that had people blowing it off in the first place. This is how we got to Delta. This is how we got out of, a place where this could be controllable. So when Vance talks about the fact that the vaccine was based on, you know, the, the, the prior mutation, well, it's been proven to be successful in uh, at least decreasing the severity of infection in new mutations. But even outside of that, the only reason we got here is because people didn't take the science serious in the first place. And my last point is that we have a responsibility to challenge the power of the medical industrial complex that systematically excludes black people. Systematic and structural violence is important. As Black people and people who understand anti-Blackness, we have to understand that these institutions are privileging themselves and thriving because we are opting out of the conversation. That allows for conservatives, that allows for white people to take over and fill in these conversations and speak for us. And when you have objective doctors and scientists who are screaming at the top of their lungs that they are the ones who are clocking in every day and every night to represent us, I think we have to give some credibility to the voices that are not entrenched in the political conversations that people want to have about this issue. Okay. All right. Toya says she heard Vance and she got something for that. You feel me? Two great speeches, great arguments. Uh, but now this is where we get into the nitty gritty. All right. Three minutes. Question and answer. We're going to take turns. We're going to be polite. Right. Uh, since Vance went first. Toya, we're going to give you the opportunity to ask the first question. All right. Uh, uh, my first question. Oh, my bad. You're still explaining. No, no, no. Go ahead. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> With your anxious ass. No. Uh, Toya, Toya will ask the first question. Three minutes on the clock. Let's get it. Put my three minutes back on my clock. <laughs> I think I want to ask a question that kind of was framed in the context of the comments, actually, somebody uh, rose a good opinion, I think, or a question, and it was Jaleesa, but I want to frame it in terms of something that you said. You talked about the fact that these hospital rates reflected a whole lot more of uh, people being unvaccinated. Um, and let me see, what was it? Where it may have been, da, 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 come people being unvaccinated. What was my question? Okay. Immunocompromised people, right? You talk a whole lot about the lack of deaths, decreased amount of deaths that people experience, even though they're unvaccinated. But a huge part of COVID is the ability for it to be spread amongst other people, particularly people who do not have a high enough threshold to defend themselves. So in your calculations and understandings of how these things are playing out, how do you account for people who simply do not have the systems 
to be around people who are unvaccinated, thus with a reasonable likelihood of spreading it at a higher rate? Um, well, I, I think looking at um, the, uh, the FDA and the CDC's evaluations of that themselves, there's still a lot of information that they don't, they simply don't have. Um, their administration of, of the booster shots, uh, for example, were in large part to try to see if uh, autoimmunocompromised people could continuously take them. But what is shown is that the antibodies aren't lasting um, long enough, you know, in their bodies. And even even for, for us, if we were to be vaccin vaccinated, um, a recent study came out that, that shows that after 108 days, so roughly three and a half months, you are no longer considered fully vaccinated according to the guidelines laid out by the FDA and the CDC. Full vaccination status in, in their estimate. I want to, I guess my question, and I don't want to cut you off, right? Because because we're getting into numbers and statistics. My question is about immunocompromised people who kind of get lost in these numbers of vaccinated versus unvaccinated. They have a unique predisposition. So how do they fit into the calculus of these things? And I think you might have been getting there. Yeah, um, yeah, because oftentimes, you know, um, autoimmune compromised people in asymptomatic cases are often left out, you know, um, of these studies because um, according, it was actually the, uh, I think it was the Moderna uh, chief executive who said that it, that in order to um, expand the case for them, um, it would basically, it would cost too much money to make a short, short story, so uh, a long story short, it would cost too much money. Um, somewhere in the building, billions to be able to, to, to test that. Um, also, we have issues with just the, the testing in, in general, as far as the, the trials. The normal vaccines you know, no, normally take anywhere from 10 to 15 years as far as development from, you know, the beginning uh, uh, through trials and so on and so forth. Um, typically, there's like a two to four year grace period. And, man, this is a lie. I can't, I can't really get into it in three minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, at least, I mean, for question. like for the sake of understanding, for Toya, go, you you can finish what you were saying, yeah. and then and then you'll get to, and then you, you know, what I'm saying, uh, ask, yeah, you can ask Toya, uh, get your three minutes, uh, but you can finish what you were saying, though. Okay, um, but yeah, just you know, so you know, when we're when we're talking about how being vaccinated, you know, or unvaccinated, and how that goes along with uh, being around or spreading the, the disease that to autoimmune compromised people. What we found in, 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 the, in the data and the studies is that people who are fully vaccinated, specifically with the Delta, uh, and when it comes to the Delta variant, um, carry just as much of the virus as unvaccinated people do. Mm. So whether you're vaccinated or not, it, it doesn't really have a, a grand effect on the exposure you know, to, you know, as far as autoimmune compromised people sure. um, are concerned. So. Um, it, it's really tough, uh, you know, that, that situation, there's not a lot of data um, out regarding that just yet, so there's, they're still collecting things. So. Hey, and, and uh, the funny thing about it, my nigga Lance is actually in the <laughs> chat now. Shout out to my partner, but yeah, I keep, Lance, I keep calling, I keep calling the homie Vans, Lance, fucking with you. Uh, but, you know, we thought he was lying when he was like, I got a friend named Lance, I got a friend named Lance, so you came at the right time. <laughs> yeah, that's my dude. That's my dude. He he, he support the platform. Uh, but with that being said, uh, Vance, it's now you you got it. Ask to you uh, whatever you need to ask. Okay. Um, I'm trying to figure out how I want to how I want to frame this question. 
exactly. Um, you had okay. You you had mentioned um, you know a lot of marginalized voices when it comes to speaking up about COVID and in, in regards to policies and, and regarding health and things about that uh, in that nature. How do you feel though about the different experts, the different doctors, and the different nurses who have come out and given their testimony and also have cited you know experiments um, giving the reasons why. Uh, COVID shouldn't be mandated because of, you know, some of the scientific experiments uh, that I've mentioned before that could lead to further infection and further death of, of people of something that might not even infect them, but could make them more susceptible to disease if they get the vaccine. So if I think I understand your question, what is my response to scientists outside of the mainstream who have argued that uh, the COVID vaccine uh, has adverse effects on black people. People should not take it in the face of people who have commonly said that. Well, I, I think my response is one, not to ignore the possibility and likelihood that individuals uh, are not given the credibility for their concerns and discontentment about this, right? They're not given the airtime, they're not given the space. A lot, of, a space, a lot of them are being pushed out of conversations. I also wanna correct before I answer the question and pull the conception of me saying mandatory vaccines. Are, are necessary. That's something I'm still conflicted with, putting people's jobs and livelihoods on the line and turning like that's something that I haven't reconciled as being just a complicated black person, right? So I'm not gonna go as far as saying they should be uh, mandated as much as I'm an advocate for black people doing things in the interest of their health and the health of people around them. So to answer your question about um, nurses and doctors specifically who disagree, a scientific or I mean, I, I guess I'm going to rely on what we understand about mathematics and about science to answer that, because while I understand there could be some credibility and, and credence to their opinions, even their own discipline would say that outlying data right, will exist and will be there for further confirmation and further interpretation. But there's still statistically a larger proportion or disproportionate. Uh, kind of proof of vaccines being effective for what they're for, not necessarily stopping transmission, but decreasing death. I also, the, the, I didn't get, hold on one second. I didn't, am I, what did you say? I said, can you cite that? But I was that gonna, it, it's ironic you said that because I wanted to get some citations from your arguments about, and there were, there were just like a lot of statistics, but it's not really sources. Consistent. There were some places, some, some, some sources. I'm not going to say you didn't source anything. That's not my, that's not my statement at all. But, when you were talking about that specific idea that more people were being sick or having adverse effects to the vaccine than, the, than having positive effects from experiencing it, I don't really have a way to assess out the credentials for that either, right? So we could be two ships passing in the night in terms of making sure that our evidence is both, you know, solidly supported with evidence. But I think the science is in the fact that there are still community advocates and still black scientists and doctors in our community to this day, this day advocating that we take the vaccine, even though there have been outlying instances where fatalities existed, where people have gotten sick, that comes with the science. We knew that these things were 75%, 7, I'm sorry, 97%, 94%, 98% effective. That 2% got to come from somewhere. And that sucks, but it's, it's just the facts. All right, so y'all started getting a little testy at the end there. No, no, was like, "Hey, can can I get a citation, please?" You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm, I'm feeling it. Uh, now, Vance, you do have some prep time that you can take to kind of prepare your thoughts before you go ahead and get into your rebuttal. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So, 
You know what I mean? Uh, take a couple minutes. Take what you need. Uh, we we allot in five minutes total, but you don't need to take all of that right now. Uh, so we'll, I'll I'll start your five minutes right now, and you just let me know when you're ready. Because um, you do got one more speech, so you you may want to save some of that time for for your last speech. So while Vance take his his uh, prep time, um, what y'all think about the debate so far? How y'all feeling? Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I think it's interesting. I mean, this is right. What with with the time that's being allotted and what's being engaged. You know what I'm saying? We are we, we testing the surfaces, right? So the initial argument, those first speeches were the initial arguments that's coming out right now. The rebuttals are going to be the debaters engaging each other arguments. You feel me? But Vance already has some skepticism about some of Toya's claims. We'll see how that pans out in his rebuttal. Toya feels, hey, I'm going with the majority of the scholars. Will we get a clear justification on that? How does that interact with Vance pointing out that, listen, those outliers should not be ignored? Did y'all tell me what y'all think? Uh, we'll get into some of the comments. Ethereum Beauty said this nigga says <laughs> Yes, it did. Yes, it did. That's my that's my moderator language. The Salt Lakers <laughs> said, uh, "The Salt Lakers said it's six 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 percent effective. Clever. <laughs> that's clever." But boy, Lance, the nigga that uh that I was getting caught up with, said businesses set the terms of employment. They require safety equipment and training so you don't get hurt and cost them money. Vaccines reduce the risk of transmission and hedge their bets that people will be able to come to work. And that's speaking to specifically the mandate portion of it, right? Why why corporations? Because I think that's interesting too. And the funny thing about this um, is that, so you, you do have a lot of conservatives on the side of being uh, anti-vaccine or just being against taking the vaccines. But the one thing that Republicans have pushed is that uh, uh, the corporations have rights, right? So like the, they, like the, uh, um, What's it called? I forget the phrase um, that they use for it, but you like like you got you can get fired at will, like you know what I mean. Like I think it's like I call it at will employment or some shit like that. But you can it, for for the terms that they feel that they set. So you know Republicans are running into a conundrum, right? On one hand, they're saying that corporations should be able to set the standards for their employees without government intervention, but they saying you shouldn't mandate vaccines. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, you good, Vince? Yeah. You, you ready? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. All right. You got a couple minutes left on your prep time. Uh, but with that being said, uh, let's go ahead and get it in. We can start your – this is the four-minute speech. We can start it. Now, let's get it. Wait, is this just me talking or is this a rebut to what, what we were just talking about? Just to be clear. Uh, well, this is, uh, your, this is your rebuttal to respond to what Toya said in the cross-ex and what she said in her speech. So you, you okay. just respond like, yeah, you can okay. get at her now. Go ahead, take the <laughs> gloves off. All right. Um, so I, I just want to make clear that, um, you know, like I, I empathize with the impact of what this means uh, for Black people. And I empathize your your position 
um, is essentially coming from the standpoint of, um, if I'm gathering that people that people who are um, at a less uh, socioeconomic advantage for the most part, mainly us, because that, that's the space that a lot of our people are in, that we should be vaccinated in order to reduce deaths. And, and the, the idea is reducing death. There is no statistic out there that I'm aware of, at least uh, presently, that, sh that, that shows whether or not the being vaccinated is actually slowing down deaths because the clinical trials, according to uh, the British Medical Journal, which is peer reviewed, they none of the none of the vaccine trials tested for that. So we're so we're in, we're in a space where we're we're saying that we want to agree with the science because all the science that we do see is saying that oh you know prevent death prevent transmission. The vaccine wasn't then now it's oh the vaccine wasn't designed to prevent transmission. It was designed to pre to prevent symptoms. And then we we moved off of that back to the death shift. But when we go to the numbers, like the actual numbers that we're getting, is 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 what we have to go off from. The idea of being safe is you know is 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 great, but at the same time, how can we say that something that we should take for our safety, which is also shown that it could be dangerous, including with the potential side effects and including continuing the spread, you know, of the disease. The idea, so the idea that we, when we've gotten sick, the FDA defines serious illness, the FDA and the CDC define being seriously ill as needing uh, breathing assistance. So breathing assistance machine or um, having a blood oxygen level that's below 94%. Every other infection sans those conditions is considered mild, is considered mild. So what do they tell you to do when you're infected with that particular strain? It can take either two to six weeks, it says, to recover from being infected with the, the Delta variant. So what, so what we're seeing is if from another particular experiment uh, that was listed by uh, Dr. Christina Park, um, she gave a testimony about the House bill um, before the state of Michigan on whether to mandate uh, vaccines. And she had brought up um, a particular uh, study that shows that um, fully vaccinated people do carry the Delta variant as much as unvaccinated people, but also cited that yearly vaccinations and boosters for other diseases in the same type of uh, vaccine technology that we have presently do not they do not produce immunity for lethal variants, but over time, natural immunity does. So the, our vaccine, current vaccine technology that we have, um, which is also used for other things like influenza and so on and so forth, you know, have shown that their effectiveness wanes over time. Um, you know, so the idea of having to, of getting the vaccine might keep you okay within three and a half months or so. But then when you get to the point where you have to start taking boosters, you're actually making yourself more susceptible to getting infected by uh, the, the harmful variants of COVID that exist, including gamma, alpha, and the dominant strain right now that is the Delta variant, which is responsible for 90% you know, of, of the infection. So, you know, 
how how do we say that getting the vaccine is going to reduce death if we have no numbers to reflect that? And also um, knowing that the vaccine design isn't designed to prevent transmission. So it creates a bunch of asymptomatic carriers, essentially, um, you know, who are carrying the vaccine around that can still potentially get sick, still cause breakthrough infections and still infect a, um, asymptomatic people while also um, making you liable to get a more infectious strain and also leaving you susceptible to side effects of the vaccine yourself that could affect your heart and other uh, uh, severe allergic reactions. How do, we, how do we grapple with this being state? Um, let, me, let, me, let me ask add one last thing because it's the FDA's definition of what they uh, claim is safe and effective. This is how the FDA defines what is safe safe and effective is how they, the known and potential, so the known, the known and potential benefits of a product when used to prevent, diagnose, or treat the disease outweigh the known and potential risks of the product. Every vaccine manufacturer that has released a vaccine has also released an insert that say they don't have to inform you in the event that there are adverse effects to taking their vaccine, that they are not liable. So we have to deal with these people in the context of being black, you know, knowing that this is how they view what safety and effectiveness is. You know, how, how do we how do we deal with that? Tom. So that was what we said that that was a extra minute and a half. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Toya, prep time. Start that now. All right, man. Vance brought up. Uh, Vance went ahead and brought out that FDA, CDC. Uh, you know what I'm saying? What was that research that you peer review and plan? Uh, and so convincing. Convincing. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Toya responds to this data. But uh, I know she got something up her sleeve. She looked focused. And if y'all ever seen a focused Toya, whew, boy. <laughs> boy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, shout out to the Salt Lakers, though. Keeping it interesting in the chat. Um. <laughs> You can keep it coming. You feel me? We always love to see the zealots, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, espousing what they feel and how they feel, right? Uh, Vance is doing a phenomenal job of presenting a educated position as to why he ain't fucking with them vaccines. <laughs> he framed it better than I did, but you know what I'm saying? Uh, it's like when you this, post that meme up. You know, I was like, man, fuck that vaccine. Yeah, no, nah, that was for you. That was for you. You and your you and your white nationalist friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bullshit. I'm bullshit. Yeah. I mean, but y'all gotta understand though, we are a media platform. We gonna show you shit that's gonna spark that's gonna piss you off because it sparks dialogue, right? It sparks conversation. You feel me? Because people love to talk about shit that they don't like. <laughs> shit, it get hard. Like I say all the time, 
when I worked for uh, Chase Customer Service for for their credit cards, did nobody ever call to be like, "Hey, I'm fucking with my card. It's a great job." Uh, it was always static. So usually comments when people like are like feel the need to respond oh. is usually out of, you know, I don't fuck with you. I mean, uh, there is a question of what's in the pink can. Uh, this is called Rogue Spirits. First time I ever heard of this shit. They got it here in my hotel room. Uh, I'm out here in Denver, Colorado. Shout out to Noel Mink in the chat. Um, I was invited out to uh, do a workshop, uh, to kick off a workshop on uh, government and equity. And I had a great time with the uh, public servants of the city of Littleton. And I, I look forward to having more conversations with them. Um, but in my hotel room here, here at the Denver Tech Center, this is what they got me sipping on. It's cranberry elderflower vodka soda. Cranberry elderberry. Toy, you done? Yeah. Hey, yo, uh, hey, Toya, say something real quick for me because my audio is messing up. Something real quick for me. Yeah, y'all sound all robotic and stuff. All right. Uh, so go ahead and yeah, just just go refresh it. Go ahead and come back in. Okay. Yeah. So we'll give Vance time. We'll give Vance time to go ahead and get that out the way. Uh, but I do want to hear more from y'all, the people that's watching the debate. Uh, what y'all thinking? How y'all feeling? Um, do you? I actually, I want to. I want. I want uh, a poll in the chat. The jab. Do y'all think that is a uh, that's a a, 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 a funny <laughs> a funny ass way to refer to the uh, to get vaccinated? The jab. Hold on, y'all. This is my wife calling. Hey, baby. I'm moderating the debate right now. I'm gonna call you right back. What is everything okay? What happened? Yes, it is. Stop playing. <laughs> Bye. All right, Vance is back. Uh, we do got the question in the chat. Uh, where's George? We kicked him out the group. <laughs> he's banned. He's no longer welcome. Uh, no, nah, kidding. He's he's actually in Florida doing some shit. Uh, so the chop up is um, kind of spread out across the country right now. You got Toyo on the West Coast. I'm here in the mountainous Midwest region, and uh, Toyo, uh, George is all the way. On the East Coast in Florida, that's how we do things. Bro. The whole country covered. Yeah. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into it. It's now Toya's turn to rebut. Toya is known for her effective rebuttals. We're gonna see how this go. We got uh, so we added like a minute and a half. So uh, what's that? Five thirty or so. Yeah. Let's get it cracking. All right. So Vance made a lot of solid arguments, specifically uh, casting, you know, uh, some uncertainty and some and kind of delegitimizing the larger 
frame of information, the art larger kind of conversations, the larger agreement in the scientific community about COVID largely becomes some, because some statistics were missing. He specifically said that the conversation has consistently shifted about the vaccine, its purpose, its utility, why we're supposed to use it, and that there are no numbers to prove that deaths are decreasing. But the National Institute uh, or Institutes of Health released an article on August 24th, 2021, that said vaccines have prevented up to 140,000 COVID-19 deaths in the United States alone, right? And we understand that a lot of people are being left out of these statistics, so they might even be higher had people have access to the vaccine in the first place. We know underdeveloped countries aren't a part of these calculations, and so we haven't even had enough time to really have the numbers that Vance is demanding. And that's fair, but that doesn't mean we should uh, completely ignore or obfuscate the, the statistics we do have. So uh, the National uh, Institute on Aging supported the study and doctors Sunda Gupta and Christopher Whaley did this research and produced the report on August 18, 2021. Uh, the, the, to determine the speed of vaccination in each state, researchers looked at a lot of information and data over a time period from December 21st to May 9th, 2020, sorry, December 21st, 2020 to May 9th, 2021. They compared the amount of times each state took uh, took to a reach to a series of milestones, starting with five vaccine doses per 100 adults, then up to 120 doses per 100 adults. And they also calculated the number of vaccine doses per 100 adults at the end of each week. This continues to go on to say that based on the model, COVID-19 vaccines prevented more than 139 deaths during the first five months they were available. We know that they've been available way longer than this at this point from August up to now. About 570,000 COVID-19 deaths had occurred com comparatively in the United States by May the 9th. Uh, thus, the model projected that about 709 deaths would have occurred without the vaccine. So there is numbers, there is data, there could be a larger, more latitudinal search research about this, but there are ways of mitigating death vis-a-vis -vis the vaccine. You also pointed to this Christina Park uh, interview that we a lot of people saw that circulated around, and you pointed out two of her main arguments. First, that fully vaccinated people carry the vaccine just as much, which is something that we know and recognize is true. Even as vaccinated people, we recognize that it's true, but this goes back to my introduction in my first speech when I said we are ignoring and undermining the truth about how vaccines work, how uh, mutations work, and how herd immunity works, and how inoculation works. Yes, people who get vaccinated against something still get it. You can get a flu vaccine. You can still get the flu. You can still give the flu to somebody else. The purpose behind these vaccines is to ensure that there is no death or to ensure that the brutality or the severity of these issues is not as bad as it would have been without the vaccine. Uh, a la seatbelts and the reason why we wear them, although we still see some fatalities, but we still put them on condoms. We still see babies popping up, birth control. We still see people being born, but we still take these things to mitigate or decrease the likelihood of those having the ability to have an adverse effect on what we want. Helmets, if you're a football fan out there, they work the same way. There are still people concussed on the protocol, even after they take those measures. She continues, or you continue to point out this idea that boosters don't produce um, the protections against lethal variants, but natural immunity does. But that does not answer the argument about immunocompromised people that don't have the luxury of playing with their natural immunity and seeing if it kicks in in time to protect them against the worst versions that happen and precipitate very quickly for people who experience these particular issues, right? So you also have a Black community that is predisposed to medical issues. We talked about that, and we knew the headlines were all about Black people suffering worse from COVID-19 when it first hit. We also have the reality of uncompromised 
compromised people, immunocompromised people who don't have the luxury of playing with natural immunity. So we have a responsibility socially to do things that protect them. You go on to talk about, and toward the end, I kind of uh, misunderstood the, the, the complete argument in terms of not knowing how we deal with the CDC's lack of knowledge but um, and information or clarity about the function of these vaccines. But this goes back to my original argument I made in my first speech about us participating in these conversations instead of opting out because they'll continue to not know. They'll continue to not be clear and sure if we don't participate in what allows for them to explore it. I told y'all when I got the vaccine on the show, I'm willing to be a sacrifice for y'all. I recognize the importance of Black people not being marginalized out of conversations. The Tuskegee experiment was not solely about what happened to those people, but it was what did not happen to those people in terms of treatments and options that would have curated and cultivated a path for Black people to not have to deal with that and many things outside of that. So my ultimate goal is to have a healthy amount of skepticism. And the skepticism we have, although it may be valid, is not healthy for the larger picture of what Black people and what they should be doing. I heard you with 30 seconds, man. I just put my Okay. All right. All right. All right. She said that was enough heat. She needed to cut. Cool it down. Cool it down. Some water on that thing. Cool it down. I'm chilling. Yeah. You don't want to overheat. You know, your machine gun, you got to stop for a little bit so it don't overheat. Uh, rebuttal round, fantastic. I'm enjoying this conversation. I'm learning on both sides. Uh, because this is this is a complicated conversation. You got people who don't fuck with the government, you know what I'm saying, but then people that care about black people. And that's the basis of this conversation. Right. And they on opposite sides. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> they both don't fuck with the government and they both care about black people. But, but that's how rich that's how rich it is, and that's how important it is to in a controlled manner where ain't nobody going off and cussing and fussing and it's it's there's a function and a formality to it, leaving space for us to share vibes and share ideas, right? I was talking to Damo, I think at the beginning of the show we talked about how important it is intercommunally for us to be having these hashing outs of conversations. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I would not change the world, we might not change necessarily in this moment anybody on this podcast, but these conversations existing and resonating and people being able to visit them is shaping knowledge and, and shaping orientation toward what people do for the, you know, for them and for their people. It's important. Uh, and so with that being said, we're going to get into the first half of the last question and answer portion. Uh, Toya started first on that last one. So Vance, we'll give you the first question uh, and we'll get it in. Three minutes. Hmm. I would say um, my my first question is in regards to um, autoimmune compromised people. Is there is there any data um, that since since we this is purely about ideas at this point now because we we can we can talk about data, but you know one thing about the scientific data is that. Data only measures what scientists want it to measure. You know, so there's, there's those controls, those parameters, they leave something out or if they don't include something. If you, if you pay attention even to a lot of sites where they're talking about, it's always the vaccine may, you know, reduce symptoms. It might prevent death. There is no guarantees. There, there's, there's, you know, as we stated, because, you know, about effectiveness with, with any of that, but if we're looking at the idea that getting vaccinated could lead you to get more sick, um, getting booster shots will eventually get you more sick. Natural immunity is better over time that, that, that data has shown. 
when we're talking about autoimmune and asymptomatic, uh, or not asymptomatic, but autoimmune deficient people, how does being vaccinated or unvaccinated, given that the carrying rate of the virus is the same, um, how, how, what responsibility is that showing one way or the other of the virus? This particular variant is still transmissible um, or tr still transmittable rather, you know, regardless of the status. So I think, uh, so one of the, I, and I, I think this takes, and I think I mentioned this before, a vetting of the data or the information, but I've not heard to come across the statistics that show that people get more sick or have worse responses to boosters and to vaccines and end up being less healthy than they started. As a matter of fact, that has been one of the myths that I think has been trying to be dispelled amongst objective individuals in public health spaces that are simply trying to encourage people to do things that protect themselves and their families. So I'm kind of skeptical about that particular information, not to say that you don't have your sources of read information, but that's just not what I've seen on my radar. In terms of things like boosters not producing um, or, or making people sicker or COVID vaccines making sicker, though, I will say that realistically, it's not like the scientists have stopped and said, okay, we're done now, let's finish. So even if it's true that these things make people sicker in the intermediate, that is a component of us in real time having to actualize strategies to mitigate a virus that is wiping out huge portions of the earth. So again, I hate that Black people or any people fall between or under the cracks or between the cracks of 90% effectiveness or set, but this is kind of what we have to do to move forward to have enough information to create boosters that don't make people more sick or vaccines that don't make people more sick. And the last thing I'll say in response to your question, um, now that we've kind of dealt with, they make people more sick, I'm not really sure, but I will say the focus should always be on fatality. You can be down for a couple of weeks. You can transmit it and share it between people. And that's just kind of a component of what disease is and how it functions. That does not necessarily mean we should not do things to mitigate the actual death of other Black people, particularly immunocompromised Black people, particularly Black people who are just predisposed to health issues based on their environment and their community, which we know are typically not as high quality as other places. That's the focus. Y'all so polite. Mm -hmm. I can appreciate it. This, 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 we, we kick it every Monday night. What I mean, yeah, you know, I know, I know. Yeah, I just want to point out y'all, like, um, <clears throat> that being said, Toya is now on you. Uh, whenever you're ready, hold on, real quick, real quick. I, I, I did get triggered, um, uh, with. You know, when they would saw like you know, people talk about sheeps and all this shit. The one thing I do want to point out when we talk about, you know, what I mean, like who's being led by what, not motherfuckers always say, "Don't believe somebody else," but you want me to believe your ass. <laughs> like, you feel me? So it's like the reason why I can appreciate conversations like this, and, and the reason why debates are important and they healthy, because if you're just listening to understand, you're getting multiple perspectives, and it's up to you to draw your own conclusion. Right, like that's what that's what the chop up is about. Whether we debating or whether we just, you know, what I'm saying, doing the show, breaking down some shit like culture or whatever in in our chops. It's never about getting people to think a particular way. It's about providing the resources so people can make their own informed decisions and and giving a little insight and perspective behind that. Because I do think I be knowing what the fuck I'm talking about. But with that being said, tell you, it's on you. Sure. A poet by the name of Whitney Houston once said, I believe the children are the future. You should teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Give them a sense 
of pride to make it easier. Let the children's laughter remind us of how it used to be. Now, the reason I quoted uh, our beloved Whitney Houston is that that song, uh, The Greatest Love of All, is one of our pump-up songs. It's one of the songs that becomes an anthem for how we push and pump young people to the next level of their potential and believe in them. And what I find, I find it difficult to wrap my mind around is how us as Black folk uh, will sit and tell young Black people to become doctors, to become scientists, to become nurses, to become health practitioners, become advocates for their communities. And when they go and do those things in moments of global catastrophe and issue, we discourage the very work that they have done to defend the life and livelihood of their very own people. I become troubled in any conversation where we're talking about the health of Black people and refuse to listen to not outliers, but people who are in line with the direction of the general science for everybody else. And to say that their work does not matter largely because of not necessarily conspiracy theories, but a focus on outlying data and information that we already knew was going to be there, right? The idea that statistically there are issues, that there are question marks, that there is incomplete information or data is something that we already knew because of the level of empathy by which we are in in this particular pandemic. But as my NIH uh, source explained in the last conversations, deaths have been avoided and thwarted. And we are having a very privileged conversation about the vaccine. While we have qualms and back and forth about this particular issue, there are people dying on a global stage that have not even had access to make that type of decision. So to be mindful of our ability to have access to top of the line science. When we talk about how mRNA got developed so quickly, it's because it was all hands on deck, including objective black people who want their people to be free who participated in the development of these technologies. The mRNA vaccine simply utilizes the same protein that you find in COVID-19 so that the body can recognize it, can identify that protein so that it can fight it. But all of the important or bulkier components of it break down over 72 hours or so. So a lot of the misconceptions of what the virus does, how it functions, the simplicity of the science, how quickly it came, is par for the course because everybody is attentive to something that's killing folks all around the world. Healthy skepticism is the word of the day. It is what I encourage all of us to have or do. My healthy skepticism is what stops me short of saying that we ought to mandate a vaccine because I know the slippery slope that that can, come, that can turn into. But I do stand by the idea that we should grapple with measures and participate in measures that allow for us to deal with my three arguments, which were to decrease the likelihood of Black death, to stop the mutation of Delta before everybody gets Gamma and Lambda and Z and all the rest of the ones that have come and appeared, and to challenge the power of the medical industrial complex to systematically exclude Black people from it. I just feel like we need to be a part of those conversations and not just be a part of them, but you're going to have to jab me too. And that's just where we at with it. All right. So there's a few ways we could approach this. Um, you were supposed to be asking questions. Oh, I thought because you know, like, up, so I was just like, I'm cool. I, like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, okay, but that's what I was saying. But if you was cool on it, like, because you, you say you prepared for your rebuttal, and then, and then when you started going, I didn't want to stop it. So I was just like, <laughs> shit. My bad. I just, yeah, I just, the three minutes is up, so I just started talking. Yeah. But, but I mean, uh, but, that, uh, but so that was Toya's closing, Um, just so we know. The, the format. I got um, she, yeah, like you know, she of course you can always forego the questions, uh, but because uh, you know Vance, he, he like Vance said, I did my work, and I know you ain't going to ask me nothing. You know what I'm saying? 
<laughs> but uh, but with that being said, Vance, you can go ahead and, and close it out. Get that last speech to go ahead and tell the people how you, you know, what I'm saying what you feel like you've accomplished here, and uh, go ahead put the nice the cherry on top of this thing. Um, well, I I feel like it's important to clarify, um, that since science is an an ongoing, on-moving thing, um, science usually behaves in a way to say that we don't know, but we're trying to find out. We're still looking. Um, I, I think it's unfair, and I don't think you meant to categorize some of the things that I said as, as outliers. No, these are just observations that the, these same people who are objective and looking for answers and want to make sure people are safe are recording and finding out Part of the job of medical professionals also, though, is to, to preserve peace, to make sure there isn't panic. So people who would have wide access to certain information that say, hey, you know what, this might not be as safe or this not, might not be as, you know, as ethical or whatever, um, you know, depending on a certain situation. They don't want people to take that and run with it, which was a lot of people do to create conspiracy theories and misinformation and, you know, and things of that sort. Um, I have to speak as uh, uh, for an anecdote uh, at one point, because I was pre-med at one point. I was pre-med psychology, which you'll find out, though, in research and in science, that science is not devoid of racism. It's not devoid of cronyism. It's not a devoid of coercion, depending on which scientific groups that you belong to. Um, so just because we see a lot of sources saying it's safe, it's safe, it's safe, if we don't know the basis on what they're saying or how they're saying it's, it's safe, then we can only take that with such a grain of salt, healthy skepticism. Case in point, the two leading vaccine officials for the FDA said last year during Trump's administration that if the, the, this vaccine was rubber stamped, that they would resign because it, doesn't, it hasn't passed through the, the proper protocols that it needs to do in order to be earmarked as being safe. They resigned in September. So it should tell you a lot about the ethics of certain people if we're looking at the intention of, of people, which is to keep people healthy, which is to keep people safe. We have to realize that the shifting dynamic from COVID-19 to the Delta variant, which is this large gray area in which there are so many unknowns, that if we're getting information that tells us that we could be more sick, you know, um, more unhealthy, be more susceptible to death, that we could spread the disease further by taking this vaccine. And we have to give credence to that too. If it's our own personal health and our own personal liberties at stake, then we also have to keep in check that it does, we do, we also have research supporting natural immunity. So I, on both ends of it, I think initially, what we all want is the best for our people, point blank period. But these conversations that we want to be a part of, we have to recognize that as black people, we're not sitting at a table with Moderna and Pfizer and Johnson and Johnson. These are billionaires that have, billionaire companies that have been running the medical industry, which engage in the very, you know, medical apartheid that exists with us as Black people in this country. So we have to keep that healthy skepticism to say, you're telling us it's safe based on what? You're telling us it prevents death based on what? A lot of people read articles or they read experiments 
Don't read the little numbers or little plus signs, little hashes that are next to this that indicate we're testing for this. So they can tell you, oh, yeah, it's got a 95% uh, percent effectiveness rate, but against what? Against symptoms. You know, you know, not against transmission, not against death, against symptoms. And then that decreases later on, you know, and it continues to decrease every 30 days. You are less and less protected. We've had the technology over 20 years now that have shown us that vaccine immunity continues to wane. You know, so we have to just continue to be consistent across the board with what science that we're accepting and what we're what we're rejecting. Um, and not, so that, that's it. That's it. Tom, that's great. That's great point to put a pin on it. And uh, where y'all at, though? That was the debate. That was the conversation. That was the dialogue. Do y'all see how respectable and, and, and appreciative and understanding these black people was? Told you, you on mute. I don't know if you're talking, trying to talk reckless. No, I remember something and was like, but it was just one of those moments. Yeah. I oh, said the F word. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, real quick, y'all let us know how y'all feel in the comments, which I thought about the conversation. Salt Lakers, the Salt Lakers. Ain't no yes men over here, bro. We got your point, the first 15 comments. So we know how you feel, right? We do it. We appreciate the dialogue. Uh, but outside of the Salt Lakers, uh, Kevin, yes, you missed the whole thing, brother. You missed the whole thing. It's all love, though, because it's on YouTube. You can go back and watch it. That's why we do it here. It's automatically recorded. Think about that. All we got to do is show up and then just go in and then YouTube does the rest. YouTube does the rest. But what I will say is that um, the I, I don't I, I think there are a lot of places where both debaters um, agree. I mean, I think the skepticism conversation is where Toya is meeting Vance in the middle in terms of pushing back against a lot of uh, the, the um, assumptions um, that are made about uh why it's necessary i mean i think we are people that's like anything anytime the government says you have to do something we are all people that are skeptical of that um and so uh i think what's what, what's interesting that came out of this is that while you while you know there is a lot of information that points to um questions surrounding the effectiveness i think one interesting thing to, that toya said um that I mean, that, that, that I could appreciate it. She said, I will be, I'll be that sacrifice. You know what I mean? Uh, some people are more comfortable with doing that. I think, uh, I think I, I was vaccinated, I'm vaccinated and I did so out, out of that same um, mindset. Um, I don't believe in, uh, you know, the government forcing anybody to do anything, but I, I, I agree with uh, both debaters in the sense that, you know, we should always push back against certain things, but at the same time, somebody got to be willing to be like, I'll take that risk, right? And I, I think both of those perspectives are needed. Both of those perspectives are important. That's why I definitely appreciate both of y'all um, And in terms of representing the chop up, uh, uh, appreciate the fact that, that there was just information presented. You know what I'm saying? So um, closing thoughts, I can say whatever last words and we can get on up out of this thing. 
Um, yeah, uh, listen, uh, thank you all for having me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to, to fly the chopper flag. Um, I really appreciate the opportunity to come in here and chop it up with y'all. Um, hey, Black people, it's, it's love, man. This is why we do it. This is why we do it. Um, be informed, be safe, um, do what's best for you. Ultimately, do what's best for you. Um, it's because we're all we got. The much love, y'all. Thank you. In the back of my mind, you know, when we was getting ready for this, the old Kanye popped into my head, and that college dropout came on, and that family business uh, started playing. And you know, it's just that type of affair. You know what I'm saying? Where good business is made and happens, and you come closer to each other by disagreeing. Um, I'm of the belief of the idea that uh, iron sharpens iron, right? So we are not uh, dimming anybody's lights or dulling their ability to advocate for their people by having these types of conversations. We only get sharper and better as a unit by doing that. So I appreciate Vance for stepping up. I ain't nobody to be scared of. Plug ain't nobody to be scared of. I am too, goddamn. Ain't nobody I'm somebody to be scared of. You ain't trying to fuck with yeah. me. <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? It's not easy pulling up on people who who self-taught themselves better, who want to smoke and is into arguing. Like it's not easy to be like, I'm down with it. But we said something and two seconds later it was like, what's up? So I was like, yeah. how is a real one? Because even when we first put it on the table, slid into the comments, like I'm happy to, you know, get in, in and be a part of the conversation. And we was never about boxing out this perspective in the first place. You know, me, Dominique, and George agree on these types of things. We agree a lot. So to pepper in some other boys in the perspectives makes us better. So I appreciate it. It's love. There's a lot of people hating on the fact that we even had this conversation. A lot of people say, what's the point of having it? We on mandates, we on this, that, and the other. No, we still are, as a community, on CP time when it comes to negotiating these types of conversations and really getting to the root and the bottom of it. And it's still people pulling back the layers. You know what I'm saying? And that's going to have to be all right. So I, I'm good with sitting and talking to my people and vibing out and really coming full circle about these types of things. And like I said, I'm just happy I got good people with me while we do that. So it's, it's wild. For sure. But yeah, like she said, Vance, uh, definitely I add like having you on the platform, adding your voice to the conversation. We really uh glad that you was able to, you know what I'm saying, pop up and do your thing. And I hope you serve as an example to everybody else that, you know what I mean, this platform is open for these conversations. Um and really if you want some more immediate smoke, conscious conversations on Wednesdays. Uh every Wednesday you can pull up on George. Uh, usually Toya and myself, it will be somewhere in the vicinity. So if y'all really want that smoke like that, like every Wednesday, um, you can give it to somebody. So, uh, of course, respectfully, and of course, in a way that everybody walk away with learning something. Um, but with that being said... If you like to place your order with a side of disrespect, you just let me know. By the way, I see you in the comments. I know uh, we talked about the fact that we pulled in late, but yeah, it was a respectful engagement. Definitely um, a lot of perspectives from everybody. If you like Kevin and you miss pieces of it, go back and start it from the top. You know it's going to be on Spotify. You know it's going to be on Apple Podcasts. And it's always here on YouTube and it's always on Facebook. So y'all run it back, get into it, and leave comments even after the fact. Talk to us. With that being said, we'll close this thing out the way that we started it. Yeah. Me, my guys, we really lie. Lord, forgive me, pay my ties. Please don't have me reach inside. And that's in a console. Keep the semi when I ride.